Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. This is episode 309 of JumboThink. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to JumboThink, where we interview dreamers, makers, innovators, and influencers all about their journey of turning their dreams and ideas into reality. Along the way, we're going to share some tips on how you can turn your own dreams and ideas into reality, too. Our guest on today's show is Michelle Vandepass. More about Michelle in a moment. Whether you're a new listener or a longtime fan, if you've never subscribed to JumbleThink, head on over to your favorite place to listen to podcasts, search for JumbleThink, and click subscribe. If you head on over to JumbleThink.com, you can find links to places like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, and more. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Hey there, welcome to JumbleThink. My name is Michael Woodward. I am your host, and we have a very fun conversation lined up for you today. Before we dive into that, we want to thank our friends over at Floxy for sponsoring today's show. Floxy has a monthly subscription to graphic design, web development, video editing, and more. As a listener of JumboThink, they're going to give you 10% off your first month. All you have to do is go over to Floxy, F-L-O-C-K-S-Y dot com slash JumboThink. That's Floxy.com slash JumboThink to learn more. We have a killer conversation today. If you want to be a published author, if you want to self-publish, if you want to get help with an editor, this episode is for you. We are talking to Michelle Vandepass, who is a national leading expert for entrepreneurs and personal development experts who want to share what they've learned to the world by becoming an author. She is the co-founder of Grace Point Matrix Publishing which is the gold standard in concierge publishing. She's also an esteemed TEDx speaker and TEDx speaker coach. She also has a killer presentation she did at TEDx all about procrastination. It is a really fun watch. We're going to have a link to that and her other stuff in the episode notes. Let's go ahead and join the conversation we had with Michelle Vandepass. Michelle, thanks so much for being on. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm honored. Thank you. Been looking forward to this conversation. I've watched your TEDx presentation on procrastination. I think uh, any good entrepreneur understands those moments of of procrastination. So I'm excited to talk about that, talk about Grace Point Publishing and, and much more. I want to hear a little bit of your story. You 
have started a company, co-started a company that focuses on publishing. And we're going to talk a lot about the the nuts and bolts of publishing. But how in the world did you end up in that space? How did you end up uh, for passionate books and helping others get their, their message out? Yeah. So 21 years ago, if you can believe it, I published my first book and it was a self-publishing endeavor. Uh, and in that process, I learned a lot. And and like many entrepreneurs, we take what we've learned through experience and go help other people, right? Wow, <laughs> That's yes. what entrepreneurs do. And I learned so much. And this was before, you know, Amazon and online marketing and, and that whole thing. It it's one of those stories where you end up with boxes of books in your garage, which is not <laughs> the case today, right? Yes. Uh, hopefully not the case today. And I just started spending time helping other people uh, publish books, learning how to publish books, uh, as well as doing some coaching and consulting for online marketing. I had a, an agency going and an online business going where I was a coach and a consultant for entrepreneurs. And over the following years, what I learned was building your platform is really important for entrepreneurs. Now, that could mean if you have a brick and mortar store like a tire shop, building your platform might be getting out in the community, Mm. doing good service work, going to Rotary, joining lunch groups, speaking in the community, whatever it is, but you've got to be visible. You know, if nothing else, it might be choosing the right location and putting your sign up. Online, it's more difficult to be found because it's so noisy. And having a book, having a book and having a, a platform online became more and more important for entrepreneurs as the online world exploded. And at, in my consulting, I just found it was a really natural progression. I, I can understand what you're talking about. It is increasingly a noisy, uh, much more noisy space in the world around us on digital media with the, the sheer amount of podcasts, with vloggers, with bloggers, with social media <laughs> influencers, uh, you know, all those buzzwords. And, and I love that you're saying, yeah, you can do uh, launching your, your business, but unless you have a platform to get people to the door, it's really not bringing value because people don't know about you. They can't actually engage with you. That's right. And there's room for quality content still. So there's a lot of noise out there, but there's a lot of uh, just fuzzy static noise. There's mm. still room for quality information, both in written form, podcast form, speaking, all of it. Well, I'm glad to hear that because, you know, we're trying to make our dent in, in the podcast world. And I know that for so many creators, they are uh, just so frustrated that they can't get their voice heard, that the the, the space is so noisy. So, you know, publishing is one of those weird spaces where, again, it's uh, y- you can use it as a platform to get your message out and a part of the strategy that you're doing. But it seems like a lot of people are writing right now. So that's got to be a noisy space, too. It's a really noisy space. Um, I forgot how many new books are published on Amazon every day, but it's mind-blowing. Here's what to know, though. You can, there are still lots of real honest-to-goodness best-selling authors and books out there and 
by that. I'm putting a little caveat around it that uh, there's a lot of hype around Amazon bestseller launches. And <laughs> if you've done any thought at all about publishing a book, you've probably heard about that. And, and that's important and interesting and gives you some credibility, but that's not how I see breaking through the noise really working. Sure, you can have a, a bestseller stamp, and you maybe you were a bestseller for three minutes on Amazon, <laughs> but that doesn't really give you any longevity, and it doesn't really say if your book's any good. And so the way to break through the noise is a little bit like a turtle, mm. slow, consistent, good quality, um, taking some risks, though, standing up for what you believe in, speaking your truth, all of those are important, not not blending in with what everybody else is saying out there. So I guess it's a combination of all these things yeah. to break through. And, and entrepreneurs are a risk-taking bunch, yeah. all of us. I put myself in that. And yet, sometimes while we're trying to find our, our spot, we hire coaches or follow mentors or see what other people are doing. And we're not always as comfortable really planting our stake in the ground in a new space because mm. we don't exactly know how to do it or it's such a big risk we're afraid we're going to lose our business, especially if you're online. I want to back up a little bit again. You know, we we heard a little bit of the origin story 21 years ago, writing your your first book and then in the process of helping others write and launch their their books. I want to hear a little bit about the story of launching Grace Point Publishing, uh, co-starting that, how that kind of all uh, became what it is today. So, <laughs> okay, we're going to pull the curtain back here. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've been online coaching, consulting for a long time. I've been helping people publish books pretty intensely for seven, eight or eight years now, um, run online courses done everything you expect an online entrepreneur to do downloadable courses masterminds all of that right and about six years ago a friend and I decided to start a publishing company and publish her series of books together and we did that and don't you don't you love it when you're pulling back the curtain and so we're humming along promoting her books and then I published a, another book and um, we just kept moving right along and I, in the process, I'm still running my consulting company. She's still doing her thing. And literally we woke up last year and said, we've got this publishing company sitting here on the side. I'm doing all this consulting with people. Uh, I think I published maybe a hundred books wow. with authors last year, but not through my publishing company I'm like why not right it was sort of like the light bulb went on yeah and so we opened it up to accept manuscripts to accept authors we have some imprints um, it's literally exploded it's not a new company but the visibility for us is is new and so I I think now I'm following my own advice a little bit by staking my stake putting my stake in the ground uh, saying what I believe and and uh, making myself even more visible than I was. It's kind of funny how so often as entrepreneurs, we forget about the assets that we've already built or the mm -hmm. things that we can leverage to 
continue to expand our business, expand our reach, expand our message. Coming back to a place where you're leveraging this publishing division of what you've done, you are obviously talking to a lot of people. You're, you're checking out new books, new ideas, new concepts, new authors. What are some of the things you look for when you're looking at different authors and, and the books that you're going to represent? So we do specialize, um, but I want to make sure that I'm helping your audience no matter what their their genre is. We specialize in personal development, um, things that are going to make a dent in the world, things that are going to help other people. And what I'm looking for is when I read the book, have I been moved or changed? Mm, okay. Has it helped me? Is there something interesting in there? And there are a lot of books being written uh, from people who say, well, I went through X, Y, and Z, and now I can teach you what that means and give you a lesson. But there's so much of that out there. I really want to get into your story deep enough that you can pull me along with you. Yeah. So it's a combination of the content with some vulnerability even if you're not writing about something vulnerable, we need to be pulled along with mm. the author. And and also really just having a really good editor to oh, polish wow. up your writing. Because unless you've written five or ten books, you're not going to be a great writer yet. And so an editor can take that a long way to help you really have a message that is easily digestible and readable. I think that's so profound because I've read some books from incredible people who are impacting the world around them, but the book is so poorly crafted that it's impossible to read. The content itself has a lot of power. It's just the presentation of that content that they're trying to deliver isn't done well. So hearing that that uh, tip around having a good editor, I agree. That's so valuable, uh, especially because with the show, I... I read uh, several books uh, a week at sometimes, and and uh, it's amazing which ones stand out, which ones stand the test of time, just simply by the sheer fact that it was compiled in a way that 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 is engaging, but also makes sense. Yeah, I don't. Isn't that interesting? And so, is it? So I, I want to ask you for a minute. Yeah, is, is it that when you read a book that you are like drawn in? Or is it there's a story or does it depend on the book? Well, being that, uh, you know, our whole podcast is about stories. So I love stories. And right, it's, right. it's my it's part of my passion. And uh, I love stories. They can even be real stories, but they're almost allegorical in that they're telling a story, but they're telling you deeper than the story. Uh, recently, I read a book by Robin Drake, uh, Drake, who was on the show, and he's former FBI agent. And he walks you through his story, the, the things that he experienced, in, and he's teaching about persuasion from uh, the standpoint of a behavioral analysis, analysis agent from the FBI. And he told, tells the story, but in the story, he's teaching you. And then at the end, he kind of brings it back around and says, now here's what I'm showing you. And he walks yeah, you and breaks yeah. it down. And, and I just find that valuable. I don't yeah. know how many leadership books I've read that are a how-to that are so dry and boring because it's, it's clinical. It's, it's, it's technique of, of, 
of principles, but it doesn't actually get in there and, and teach the principles through experience or experiencing the story. And so for me, those are the books that stand out. Yeah, I love that. I think that's what I'm trying to say when I'm talking about being a little vulnerable mm. and not being so dry. We need your personality in the book. So that could be case studies. It yeah. could be stories of friends. It could be metaphorical stories. It could be your personal story. But we do need we need to get to know the author a little bit so it's not so dry. Now, as we move towards the end of this uh, first segment. Usually we go on to some questions, but before I do that, there's a little thing that as I researched stuck out uh, from your bio and it's that you've been working and being a part of an upcoming documentary film called Wisdom from Thought Leaders alongside Sting and the Dalai Lama. What's that about? Yeah, absolutely. So I was filmed and, and I've heard the project has since sold, maybe oh. even twice since my that's on my bio um i went to la i flew out to la and was filmed by professional documentary documentary people um about my views on life and purpose and mission and legacy and all of that and um they were filming all these other people the same week it was amazing and I'm still waiting to hear what happened to the documentary. I wish I had great news for you. It was an amazing experience. So That's pretty incredible. Well, as we wrap up this first segment, we always ask three questions. The first question is, how do you find purpose in what you do? Mm. So I've written a book about purpose. I've studied purpose a lot. I think it's a big piece of asking a question why people are in business, mm. why they want to write a book what the purpose of the book is. And for me, it's a, it's about coming back to why are you sharing what you share in the world? So mm. how do you share your love? How do you share your heart with the world? And it's much less about your vocation or something that you're doing and much more about how you're being in the world. And so for people who are stuck around purpose and for myself as well, because I've gotten stuck around purpose a lot in my life, it's coming back to just how can you be in the world and share who you are? And if you just keep following that thread, it will lead you to the next step and the next step. And you will feel fulfilled, even more fulfilled than if you chase a dream, chase a job, chase a career. So for you, what does that look like? So for me, that looks like being able to show up in the world every day and connect with other people, coach them, help them really fine-tune their message, get their message out. That's how I've chosen to do my purpose. Um, but it could be coaching my, my children, my grandchildren, my friends, my family, having deep and meaningful conversation. Um, that's what it looks like for me. What is one challenge you're currently working to overcome? Uh, <laughs> so I know we're going to talk about procrastination at some <laughs> point. <laughs> you know, we always teach what we are also learning. Yeah. And um, procrastination is, is one of my things that I'm always putting pe things off or I have intentions like, you know, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to work out more. I'm going to write my next book. And 
it just seems to get put off and put off. And I think for me and for most creative people, there's just so many things on our plate. Wow. We have to prioritize. Yeah, completely. Now for you, what's the next big dream or idea or goal that you have for yourself? Uh, well, I'm putting on a big conference in Colorado this year, which is going to be an amazing work goal. Personally, I really want to free up time so I can travel more. I love to travel. I travel at least once or twice or three times every year. I'd like to spend um, some time on the beach every year and not in the cold, snowy winter <laughs> mountains. <laughs> So personally, it's try, It's really figuring out how I can maneuver my business life and my personal life so that I can spend more time uh, traveling in, in other parts of the world that I'd like to be in. Super cool. Well, we're going to take a break right here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can write your first book. We're going to talk about procrastination and much, much more. We will be right back. Hey there, it's Mike. And as a small business owner, I understand that it can be really hard to hire an employee or a big agency to manage your graphic design, web development, and video needs. But there's hope. Our friends over at Floxy are here to help you. They offer unlimited projects by a vetted creative team for a flat monthly rate. Video editing, graphic design, writing, web design, and more. And they're constantly adding new categories. Best of all, as a listener of JumbleThink, they're going to give you 10% off your first month. And they're going to include a 14-day money-back guarantee. If you are ready for new business cards, a new logo, a new website, they're there to help you. So head on over to Floxy.com slash JumbleThink. That's Floxy.com slash JumbleThink to get 10% off your first month and start getting the design and development you need for your projects. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Now let's return to our conversation with today's guest, Michelle Vandepass. We are back with Michelle Vandepass. All right, before we get going, we want to know how we can find and connect with you. So what's the best way to find and connect with you? Well, it all comes to michellevandepass.com, mm-hmm. and there I do have all kinds of gifts, including gifts for authors and connecting with your purpose. If you want to write a book, though, or want to publish a book, find me over at gracepointpublishing.com. Awesome. And we'll have both of those links and a couple other links in the episode notes, so you don't have to work too hard at remembering or spelling or anything like that. Just look in the episode notes, click on the the magical link. It will take you to lands of goodness there. All right. You mentioned that you, and I may have mentioned it too, you had a TEDx presentation on procrastination. I loved it. And I want to talk about it some more. We all struggle with procrastination. Tell us a little bit about the premise of your presentation uh, at TEDx and what you learned about procrastination as you prepared that speech. Yeah, nice. So it's been a while since I I, uh, wrote that. So I may have some updated views on it now. However, the basic premise is that we beat ourselves up for procrastinating, and sometimes we're really in percolation. We're Mm. just thinking about things. We're creating in our minds were wondering what might be in store and we think that we're procrastinating so the the basic premise is don't beat yourself up all the time right that we need creative space in order to be creators we need to have a many of us even years to be able to think about something before we go make it happen or create it or do it. And in my years of coaching, I've noticed that we often beat ourselves up for things when they don't happen, when really mm. it's not really ready to happen. Interesting. People are saying, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. I can't write the book. And then we start talking about their concepts for the book. And maybe they haven't even fleshed out their concept yet. Wow. And so the book isn't ready to be written. It's not that you're procrastinating. It's that you have other work to do first. Yeah. And in the TED Talk, I talk about Leonardo da Vinci, who um, spent years creating things. And, you know, it wasn't procrastination. It was thinking about his works. 
And I think it's important for all of us to understand the difference when we're actually in procrastination, which we all go into, myself included, but also to recognize there's the flip side, which is we need time to just think and digest and percolate on our creative ideas. You used a word as you described that. It was the word wonder. I think that in our society, because of connectivity, uh, through social channels, through uh, cell phones and texting and DMing and all of that kind of stuff. And because of the amount of sheer content out there, because of the chaos of our, our own lives, I know many people, especially once they have kids, they're constantly going and doing and doing and doing. And that sense of wonder where you let your mind wander, where you're in wonder, where you're exploring the ideas, where they're percolating, as you said, we seem to rush past that step. And I wonder whether it's through the books that you're helping publish or through the presentations you've given or the coaching you've done, if you've noticed that too and how we aren't taking the time to think and wonder through the process before we actually get to the doing of writing and and producing and creating. So one of the people that I love to watch, whether you agree with his politics or his lifestyle or anything, is Richard Branson. Okay. And he, when you think of him, he's obviously accomplished a lot in his life. Record label, um, <laughs> you know, flying to the stars he's yeah. working on, right? Um, an airline, right? He's accomplished so much in his life. And yet... He spends a lot of time just hanging out on his island and mm. being on a boat and yeah. swimming. Yeah. And I think all the people who really, truly create a lot of things allow themselves to get out of the busy to do mind mm. and into the creative mind. And yeah. it is not easy, especially in the United States, when we're in this do, do, do busy culture, like you mentioned. I think it's really important for authors to allow their writing to go down rabbit holes. Hmm. And very often I'll be coaching someone and they'll say, well, I wrote, you know, I started writing and I wrote 2000 words and I realized I can't use it in the book. So, you know, I just trashed it and now I feel so bad. And I'm like, no, that's your, that's your mind unraveling some, something in your head and we don't know where it's going yet. Wow. Follow the thread. Allow yourself to dream. Allow yourself to see where it's going to go. A writing prompt that I like to use is what is right in front of you now? So let's pretend I'm, I'm writing a book about, uh, well, I'm writing a book right now about publishing. Okay. okay. So, and I'm, and I'm stuck. I'm in writer's block. So what's in front of me right now is a silk bamboo tree. Okay. It's true. I'm looking at it. So I might just start writing. I see this silk bamboo tree mm. it's really tall and it's behind my computer and I like looking at it and you know if the sun was outside it would be reaching high for the sunlight and that's really what we should all do in our lives is, is reach high and, and go go for what we want right and I'm just rambling right now but you can see how when you just start with what's right in front of you, your mind will start taking you where you need to go. Yeah. And if I actually wrote on that, so on my silk bamboo tree, 
who knows where that metaphor might take me about reaching high, Mm -hmm. looking for the sun, going for the light, finding the light inside of you. The light inside of you is our heart. Where do, what do we have to share with the world? What is our message? Right. And that was an off the cuff example, but it, it works. If you, if you get stuck, just allow yourself to just write about whatever's in front of you in the moment. Love that. That's so, so good. And as we pivot more into the, the process of writing, I am curious, you know, the, there's a creative process that every author has to go through to figure out what is it that they're going to write about? What is the story that they're going to tell? Can you walk us through some maybe maybe some tips on how they can process that and come to this is the idea that I'm going to start this journey with? How can they get to that point where they say, that's the story I need to tell? Mm. Well, there's some very practical tips. And, and maybe I'll start there. And then there's some more like writing prompts like the one I just shared. Yeah. But a practical tip is let's pretend you're writing a book and and in my world, it's mostly entrepreneurs or, or people who've had a really successful career as a coach or mm-hmm. as a consultant and have something that they want to share. I would say write your back cover first. Okay. Not because you're actually going to necessarily use the back cover, mm. but because it helps you really get a handle on what you want your reader to learn in a paragraph. So when we pick up a book and we look at the back cover, we get a sense pretty quickly whether this book is for us or not. Yeah, There's usually a summary of the book, what the reader's going to get out of the book, and maybe a testimonial or an endorsement. So for someone brand new thinking about writing a book, when you start writing your back cover, you get really clear about what you want the reader to know by the time they've read the book. Mm -hmm. What is the point for the reader? What is it they're going to get out of the book? What is the lesson for the reader? What is in a fiction book? What is the story? Is it a wild ride? You know, is it what is what is it going to go on the back cover? So I always say start there and then write your intro, which is why I'm writing this book. um, What you're going to find in this book. What I hope you'll get out of this book. If you, if you write that chapter after your back cover, you'll start to see an outline emerge. Okay. And those are the two places I like to start with authors. We may never use that, what you write in the final manuscript. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It starts getting your, your thought process down. It, it kind of constricts it to the simplest form of what you're trying to say. Right. Because especially if you've lived a while or had a successful career, let's just say, you know, as a nutritionist, you probably have a lot of valuable information to share, but there's no way you can get it all in one book. You just can't. Um, You look at someone like Brendan Bouchard or Brene Brown or Julia Cameron, they've all written lots of books on basically one subject. Yeah. It's because there's always more to say on the one subject you're an expert in. It's going the deeper level, going to the further place. Right. So you don't want to, so using my nutritionist example, you're not necessarily going to get every single diet plan (laughs) plus everything you've learned in one book. Right. Just too much stuff. 
too much. So you just choose. What is the one thing you want people to know? Is it that they can live happier, healthy lives by making a few critical choices? Is it you can lose weight by going gluten-free? Is it you can eat whatever you want if you follow, you know, the color diet? You know, what is the one thing that you really want your reader to know? And that would come out in your back cover. And then in your intro, you talk about this is what I want you to know, and you flush that out. And, mm. and that's how I start working with authors usually. Now, I, I know for a lot of authors, you, you talked about writer's block. And for a lot of the people listening right now, they may have been at a place where they haven't even gotten to writer's block because they've never written a book or or tried to. But it's been their dream. It's been something that they've said, I feel like I have something to share I feel like I should write a book and they just haven't done it yet. So talk to us a little bit about that process because you say that anyone can write a book in 90 days. That seems pretty uh, pretty exciting, <laughs> I guess, on one hand, but challenging to go, I've never done this. How am I going to do it? Uh, this just seems so foreign. And, you know, they hit procrastination. Maybe it's because of fear. Maybe it's because they just don't know where to start. Walk us through that process. Yeah. So, and to be clear, writing a book in 90 days is not publishing your <laughs> polished manuscript, right? right. It, it's getting a bunch of words down on paper and having something to work with. Yeah. So two things. One is there are um, people who want to write a book because they really want to write a book. They, they envision themselves as being an author. They envision themselves as enjoying the writing process, even if they've never written. They can see themselves sitting down and either typing or handwriting a manuscript and playing with words and flushing out their ideas. And for those people, I'd say, just write every day. Mm -hmm. Do what you can. Just yeah. You know, no matter where it goes, no matter if it's usable or not usable, Stephen King has a wonderful book called On Writing, mm. and he talks about how you train the muse. The muse doesn't just show up. You're training your muse to show up. Wow. You sit down every day. You write. You may not use it. Maybe really bad writing. Doesn't matter. By the time you sit down every day at the same time to write, your muse starts showing up every day at that time. The second sort of person is someone who has a message to share, doesn't really want to learn the writing process, doesn't particularly see themselves as being an author, but yeah. maybe they're a speaker, they're a coach, they're a professional, they have something they want to share. And for those people, it's slightly different process. It's usually write a lot of bullet points, Mm. then flush it out. Yeah, It might be speak into a microphone, take all your online content, throw it into a Word doc and shake it up and see what shakes out. It might be create all your chapter headings in your outline first. And it might also be, um, you know, flying into Denver and meeting up with me and I interview you and record you for a day and then we turn that into your book. Wow. There's a lot of ways for entrepreneurs to get books done and most people flush out into one of those two camps. Yeah, and and it shocks me uh, the more I've heard from different authors and especially in the faith-based circles because uh, I, I come from a faith-based tradition and so you see a lot of these 
prolific authors who are pastors and you, you're like, well, how do they have time to create all their messages and then create a book and do this and they're traveling and all that kind of stuff. And you find out that they have somebody else who is ghostwriting the concepts that they have. Basically, they take their their sermons or their, their presentations, if they're an executive, and they repurpose that content into a book. And here you're thinking, oh, this guy or this lady is awesome writer and they're an amazing speaker and they're so captivating. And you find out later that basically they're taking somebody's stories, like you're saying, going to to visit you and recording it and having someone else ha- actually process. How can somebody figure out what's the right process for them? I think most people know. Okay. And I think it's probably a combination of both for most people too, especially if you are an entrepreneur or have a job or are busy, right? Yeah. If, um, There are people who just say, you know, I've always envisioned being a writer. I've always known that when I retire, I just want to sit and write every day. Mm. Like there are people who just know that about themselves. Yeah. And it's sort of like if you were born a singer and then never sang, you you sort of have that nagging feeling inside of you. I would imagine I'm not a singer. (laughs) Um, That you're, you know, at some point you got to use your voice, whether it's at church or karaoke or whatever, right? Um, And I think writers have all, usually write. They're Mm. journal, journalers, they write papers, they write articles, they blog, they find a way to write. Mm. Professional people with a message to share usually fall in a different camp. And this is so generalized here. I want to be careful, right? Okay. But usually they're more bullet point people. Yeah. And they just need some help getting their stuff out of their head onto paper. Mm. Still highly creative, but in a different way than a traditional writer might be. And then... Most people have to pull in both of those. Just because you have bullet points doesn't mean you don't have to sit down and actually flush out some you gotta words. you got to do the work, right? you got to do the work. <laughs> and even if you sit down and write every day, at some point you got to put structure around it with yeah. either bullet points or chapter headings or whatever your point is, right? So you got to put the structure. So it's a combination of the two. But if I were to ask you, you know, what do you think you are and would you know? Yeah, I'd probably know. I'd probably say that I would sit down and I'd, you know, I would probably take and do one of two things. I'd either bullet point everything out and then flush it out in a rough sketch and then try to have somebody else work through it. Or I'd record it in audio, convert that into uh, voice to text and turn it into text and then edit based on that transcription. So that'd probably be how I would do it. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. And, and, and you're a busy person, you know, and obviously you have a voice with podcasts. And so that makes total sense for you. And I think most people do know which, what approach is right for them. They just may never have thought about these different approaches before. Yeah. And I I think that's the interesting thing. So often uh, we aren't being purposeful in the decisions we make. And this is a great example of that. It's simply like taking the time. It's a simple thing to figure out, but most people gloss over it and just jump into something and then hate it 
because or have a bad experience with it or it doesn't turn out what the way they expected because they didn't do the early work of saying, well, what's the right method for me? Yeah, good point. Absolutely. I, I, I want to pivot here and get to the tail end of writing because there is the technical part of writing the book, but then there's the technical part of publishing a book. And those are vastly different. Anyone can write a book. Anyone can publish a book. But there are great writers, and then there are people who are great at, at, at promoting, publishing, and, and releasing books. There are so many different ways in our society to publish a book. You can go through a traditional publisher. You can self-publish. You can uh, go through an organization where you're self-publishing, but you're doing it with a publisher kind of, this hybrid publishing model. Talk to us a little bit about that and finding the right model for for yourself if you're a writer. Yeah, so... The first thing to know is a little tiny bit about ISBNs. Okay. Because I think that's where people really get hung up and surprised at the back end after they've already signed an agreement and then not realize really what they've signed. So, so ISBN is the little code that the the uh, that you get for your book, right? The, the that labels right. your book, right? Right. And you don't do not have to have an ISBN if you publish like only on Amazon or if you go to your local printer and publish. Okay. You don't yeah. have to have there's no legal thing saying you have to have one. But what it does is it identifies who owns the package of mm. the book. OK, so it's not who owns the copyright of the book. If you write your words, you own the, that copyright to that. Yeah. But if you work with a publisher and the publisher uses their ISBN, then the publisher owns the rights to the package of the book, the cover, the layout, the design, the size, all of those things. Mm -hmm. and so you can't take your copyrighted words and go um, put them in a workbook or a different form word for word without your publisher's permission. Right. And the reason that's important is because a lot of people think they're doing self-publishing with a publisher because it's sort of what's known out there in the marketplace these days. The publisher has bought the ISBN. Then they come to somebody like me and say, I want you to pick up my book. And we can't because they're actually uh, technically already with the publisher. Wow. Or they'll say, I want to change the cover of my book. I don't like it. And I'm like, well, who has the ISBN? And they'll say, oh, I bought it through so-and-so. And, and I'm like, you didn't actually buy it. They own it. Wow. Right? And so there's just a tiny bit of technical knowledge that will help you make the right decision as you move forward. Going with a publisher it's not that there's a right way or wrong way that you should own your ISBN or the publisher does. There's no right or wrong. It's just different models. Right. And so if what I like to say is if you're a speaker, a coach, have a platform, makes a lot of sense maybe to spy your own ISBN, self-publish because you have a way to sell and market your books. And at that point, you basically own everything outright. You own it all. You're putting all the money up front and you're taking 100 percent of the responsibility for selling your books. OK, you can work with a book coach, a consultant, someone like me who can help you figure out how to get the book technically correct with the typography, the right margins, the right gutters. Do you want 
um, your name at the top of every page, those kinds of things, where to put blank pages in your manuscript, all those things that new authors probably would never think of. Right. You, so if you self-publish, you can still work with somebody to help you get all those technical details correct. And then you publish your book, you buy copies, and you sell it yourself or you sell it on Amazon. Then there's traditional publishing where you turn over your manuscript, publisher picks it up, and then pays you a royalty. Yeah. And then there's the hybrid, which is in between, which is usually both parties, the author and the publisher, invest money in getting the work published and out to market and marketing it. And then there's a different kind of royalty split. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of those are the ones where you have to buy a certain minimum and everything like that and commit to that, right? Maybe. There's different models. You might have to buy a minimum amount of books. Okay. You might have to commit to doing your own marketing. You may need to commit to buying a marketing package through the publisher. Um, there's different models. Uh, the way that we work is is you we do the publishing side. You commit to doing some marketing investment with us, and then we we work to promote and sell your book. Um, there's no right or wrong way. It is what's going to be best for you based on what your goals are. Here's the other thing I'll say. There's lots of people that want to write a book because it's on their bucket list. Yeah. There's no big lofty goal about selling 10,000 books or 20,000 <laughs> books. No goals about it's going to be my business card. It's going to bring me money. It's going to bring me leads. None of that. They want to write a book because they want to write a book. Yeah. And that's totally um, purposeful, beautiful. Put your work out in the world. Learn to write. Enjoy the process and publish your book. Right. Yeah. And for those people, self-publishing might be the perfect opportunity because it's less expensive yeah. than if you're going to use it for a business card. And there's some hefty marketing costs that come along with getting your book up into the right hands. Interesting. So what is the, you know, the one thing you would tell an aspiring author right now about publishing to begin making the right choice on that? So in the interest of self-promotion, uh, <laughs> jump over to my website and uh, I would, a couple of things. I am happy to talk to any author anytime. I spend a lot of time on the phone talking with authors and just helping them start thinking through the right decision for them. Yeah. Obviously, we don't take every author that applies to us. So it it's, it's not that I'm going to try to have you come with our company, although that might be an option. It's I like to just help everybody, right? Mm. It's my purpose in the world to yeah. get them on the right path. I would also say find the right editor for you, and that's probably not your mother, your friend, your <laughs> grandson. It, it's probably someone that doesn't know you very well who can take an objective look at your work. Mm -hmm. You need are, that second pair of eyes outside of yourself, outside of yeah. your sphere of influence. Yeah. Um, I had someone that I really wanted to publish their book, and they, they said, well, I'm going to go ask my friend who published a book, self-published. And mm. I'm like, great, you need to just ask, did they sell any books? Yeah. So just because they published, 
did they achieve the goals they wanted? So when you're out there asking around, is self-publishing right for me? And you're asking your friends and your family and your peers, which is totally logical to do. Yeah. Make sure you're asking the right questions. Did they achieve the goals that you yourself want to try to achieve in the process of publishing? Well, this has been a lot of fun to talk about publishing, to talk about the art of writing a book. We're going to pause here. And when we come back, we're going to do rapid fire questions. <gasps> Uh-oh. Chasing big ideas and dreams is hard to do by yourself. Why not join the JumbleThink community of dreamers and idea makers just like you? Now, how can you connect with JumbleThink and with other people just like you? Head on over to JumbleThink.com where you can sign up for our newsletter. You'll also find links to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Let's connect. Let's dream together. And let's change this world by making our ideas and dreams a reality. So head on over to jumblethink.com and let's connect. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Now let's jump into rapid fire questions with Michelle Vandepass. We are back with Michelle Vandepass. All right. Are you ready for rapid fire questions? Uh-oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm back at school. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, uh, I didn't know. People ask me that all the time. And all I said is, I know it's going to be like really obvious. Mm. And I don't know what that is yet. And I tell you, I, I'm just now starting to feel like I know what I want to be when I grow up. And I've been in the workspace like 20 something years, uh, 40, 40 something years publishing in 20. Um, and the, so I, I, I didn't know. I wish I did. Would have made the journey shorter. <laughs> what is one tip you'd give someone with a big idea or dream and they don't know where to start? Write it all out in a long piece of paper, mm. 100, 200, 500 to-dos, mm -hmm. whatever it is you think that's going to need to happen to make your dream come true. And then uh, burn it, put it away, stick <laughs> it in the bookshelf. Don't worry about it and go to dreaming stage. Ooh, that's good. That's good. I love that. What is one change you'd like to see in the world? Um, I support um, putting an end to human trafficking 
Mm-hmm. And I support an organization that rescues people who've already been trafficked. They go in with local law enforcement and guns blaring and free uh, hostages and slaves. And so that's probably the number one thing that's close and dear to my heart right now. Love that. I, I think that's such an an important cause right now that more people need to be aware of. What do you want your legacy to be? I think I am thinking, hoping, wishing, dreaming that I've had inspired some people along the way to mm. do what they're here to do in the world, whether it's to rescue um, human slaves, uh, change the political landscape, whatever that means to them, uh, ministered to the poor or helped at their animal shelter. I- I'd like to think I'm here to inspire other people to make a step to make the world a better place. Speaking of inspiration, where do you find inspiration? Uh, I get inspiration from some local entrepreneurs, from my friends, from my family, of course. But I do listen to podcasts. I read a lot. I pay attention to other people doing uh, things that that I like to do. I, I mentioned Richard Branson because he's a creative dreamer. I mentioned Brene Brown. I think she's really onto something in terms of how we can be more vulnerable and open mm. with each other in communication. So those are those are two people. What is one book you think every dreamer should read? Ooh, that's a that's a a good one. You know, I read a lot of spiritual texts. Yeah. Um, from all walks of life. But I think the one that it isn't a spiritual text, but really inspired me, the author that really inspired me way back when was Richard Bach. And I don't even know if his stuff is in print anymore, but he wrote (laughs) Jonathan Livingston Seagull. I know you can still get his books, but I don't know if they're current. Um, and, And many other books that I just loved. How do you define success? I think it's fulfillment, personal fulfillment. So if you're always chasing after a dream or something outside of yourself, it's difficult to find, to feel like you're successful. Yeah. You, you've got to feel like you wake up in the morning and you may not be happy with the day, but overall you can look around and go, I'm on the right track here. Mm. Um, if we're doing that, I think we're pretty successful. And and I am well aware that in a podcast, this can go worldwide. Yeah. And not everybody worldwide has the opportunity to say that right now because of outside circumstances. And so I would say whatever you can do to be mindful in the moment and appreciate and be in gratitude will help you live a more fulfilled life. What is one trend you're currently excited about? I can't wait for um, drive-it-yourself cars. <laughs> I am so tired of driving. <laughs> I'm like, I want to push that button and have the car come to me and sit in the back and read and talk and text and not have to worry about it. What is one habit that you find helpful in your life? I stare out the window a lot. Mm. It's not the yoga, eating well, wake up at 5 a.m. sort of answer that maybe we're used to hearing, but 
I have a window in my office and also at home, there's a window that I sit at and I just kind of look out and dream, even if it's only a minute or two here and there. Yeah. I take a lot of time during the day to just take a breath and really be. Otherwise yeah. I get caught in the, in the hamster wheel of it all. Yeah. That's one of my favorite answers over 300 episodes. So I love that. Oh, thank you. What is one thing you wish you would have known when you first started out? That doing doesn't always lead to the results you want. Mm. It, it, you, ha, you know, we've talked about this a lot in this, ep, in, in this interview and our discussion today. You've got to have room to dream, mm-hmm. to wonder, yeah. to think, because we can all do, 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 do for the next decade and not be any farther ahead, whatever that means, than we are right now. It's we the doing doesn't get us there. Mm, that's good. If you weren't doing what you're doing today, what do you think you'd be doing? <laughs> I think I'd be doing the same thing, just in a different way. It may not be book publishing, but I I would be like on a beach, talking to everybody around, coaching them about wh- how they go live better lives. I think I'd be doing the same thing. It would just look a little bit different. Um, coaching and consulting and inspiring other people to do what they're here to do in the world. Our final rapid fire question is what is one dream you're still wanting to fulfill in your own life? Uh, Business wise, I want to have published 500 books. Oh, wow. Um, And so that's going to probably take a decade. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Personally, I think I answered it before. I really want to spend, you know, three months a year on the beach. Mm. <laughs> so it's figuring out how to do that. Yeah. Love that. As we wrap up today's show, we always like to have our guests leave us with the final thought. What is your final thought for all of us listening today? No matter what inner nudge you have, whether it's to write a book, get up and sing, uh, travel the world, make homemade clothes, try Indian food. If you've got an inner nudge, Go ahead and follow it because I think that's what makes us interesting, alive um, people here to give back on the planet. And if you follow those nudges, you'll be living your life. Super cool. Michelle, thank you so much for taking time out, giving us some insights into the world of publishing and writing uh, and inspiring all of us to take that 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 time to dream. Uh, that's that's one of our passions here at JumbleThink. It's always great to hear a reminder of that. So thanks for taking time out to be with us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Once again, we want to thank Michelle Vandepass for being on the show today. You can find her links in the episode notes. Now, here's the thing. This is a very tangible episode, and and I love it for that fact that it gives you some nuts and bolts, some real world action you can take to writing your book. But the thing is, is that your book is only written when you write it. You can have all the tips, you can have all the ideas, you can have all the concepts on writing a book. But until you actually do it, you've never written a book. I know many of you listening might have a dream of one day writing your first book. Unfortunately, one day comes and passes for many of us quicker than we can imagine. So make one day today. Start writing your book today. You don't have to have a finished product the first day, first month, or even the first year. All you have to do is start the process. This book that you want to write, that you dream of writing, may be something that takes 20 years to write. 
or it may be something that takes two months to write. No matter what it is, you only become an author by doing. You don't become an author by thinking about writing. You don't become an author about dreaming about writing. You become an author by writing. I want to challenge you today. I think many of you have a book that could be written, that should be written, that your ideas and and concepts or your story could captivate maybe one person or a hundred people or a thousand people, but to those people, it is world changing. My challenge to you today is simple. Begin the journey of writing. If you've always dreamed about writing, that should be your takeaway today. You, you, you get a book done by doing, not by thinking. And procrastination is awesome. I agree that procrastination, as Michelle shared in this show, is a, uh, a time for the idea and dream to stew, but at some point you have to do. So today, take that step to begin the process of going from the dream and into the reality, to put pen to paper, to put your fingers on the keypad and to begin to write. Here at Jumble Think, we believe you were created for awesome things, that your dreams and ideas matter, that you matter. So thanks for tuning in to Jumble Think. Get out there, dream big, and change the world around you. Les mères de famille, les enfants, peuvent également prendre un moment revitalisant dans quelques mois, lorsque vous aurez bien saisi la technique et que vous serez maître de votre corps. Vous pourrez vous décontracter même en travaillant. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.